0: Welcome to the Female Founder Friday Podcast, a collection of inspiring conversations with the most interesting female entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm your host, Lindsay White, and together with my incredible guests, we'll explore the struggles of being a female entrepreneur, the most important lessons, and the future of women leaders in business. And I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs become the calm, confident leader their team and their business really need. And that's why I've recently launched my six week mental fitness bootcamp. This amazing program will help you tackle your inner critic, tame your saboteurs, tap into your sage inner voice and increase your positive intelligence. With a combination of daily practice and the custom app, a weekly focus to increase your awareness and regular group coaching led by me You'll build the mental muscles you need to quickly overcome the changes and challenges you're facing right now and if you're ready to transform your leadership and your life connect with me today at highvoltageleadership.ca my guest on this week's episode is kimberly lane kimberly has truly had an incredible career as a senior executive and she's built teams and businesses basically from the ground up It's her ingenuity and drive that really helped her achieve amazing success. But after being let go from her last leadership role, Kimberly realized that she was completely burnt out. She knew that she still wanted to have an incredible impact while bringing her own passion and values back into her work and having lived through her own experiences with poor leadership, she knew that that's exactly where she needed to focus. Now, Kimberly helps executives and leaders create teams and workplaces that are not just spaces to work, but are truly communities that care. Kimberly and I have a ton to talk about on today's episode, all about leadership and team and how we can really lean into that. And I know you're going to love this conversation. Hey, welcome to Female Founder Friday. I have Kimberly Lane with me today here. She is an executive coach and I know has a huge focus on leadership that really uh, aligns with uh, you know my heart and what I love to do with leaders. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Kimberly, thanks for being a part of the show.
1: I'm so excited to be here, Lindsay, and to have a great conversation with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we could probably talk all afternoon. We'll have yeah, to try good. we'll have to try and keep this brief. <laughs> we'll uh, help to contain ourselves in the content and keep focused
1: because we like to talk about so many good things about leadership and connection and and uh, making the world a happier place. So, yes,
0: yes, I love it. Okay, so first off, what I really want to know is about your journey to starting your practice to becoming an executive coach. What brought you to this place?
1: That is a loaded question. Um, I will try to condense it. So a a couple things, you know, I have been fortunate that I've been very successful as an executive, not only as a leadership executive, but also a top sales executive, and then also driving new verticals in healthcare and Fortune 100 companies for over 20 years. And I found the last two positions I had were truly creating something out of nothing. No references, no clients, no strategy, no marketing. Wow. You know, and I was develop, doing all of it, you know, and, and I was, you know, with an established organization, but they wanted to build up that they wanted a healthcare vertical and client and strategy. And so they hired me to do that. So I did that for two companies and was very rewarding. I, I like those challenges. I like, you know, pushing things uphill and not necessarily in 150 degree weather, knowing that you're going to make it or not. Right. I do for some weird reason, like those sur- unsurmountable challenges or surmountable challenges, which they eventually become. So after doing that, I was unfortunately let go with the last company I worked with because they no longer wanted to have a healthcare division. And and so by that time I was burned out and I thought, you know, I'm doing all this hard work for every other company, starting things from ground up. Why don't I just do that for what I want to do, right? And um, the second piece of that is I've always had a fascination for psychology, for behavior, why people feel the way they do, what impacts their confidence, what impacts their ability to succeed um, social networks, things of that sort. And I've obviously had my own personal challenges, which I share in my book, connections change everything in the first chapter. Um, because I do believe that being vulnerable is the most relatable part of yourself. And I think people forget that. So, um, so I, so that psychology piece and having been at the other side of poor leadership and realizing just how, even as an executive, how demotivating and just obnoxious and unbelievable and miserable that can make somebody feel. And I thought, you know, there's an opportunity to make a change. And then the fourth piece of that was how can I get to the max amount of people to help them change their mind tapes and to also help them make a larger impact on others? And so I thought leadership is the perfect fit because, you know, usually leader means leading at least one other person. So if I can change a leader who then changes, you know, those that he or she is a leadership to or mentor to, wow, what a, what a beautiful thing. And so that's kind of how it, it kind of um, kind of just evolved. Um, you know, I, I, having been in the, in, in corporate world or in business, it was just a natural way to be able to, you um, to leverage that space just because I can, I I've been there. I've done the, I've, I can speak the language. I've been there. I can relate. I can share the stories, you know, examples and things of that sort. And, um, you know, it's credibility, right? So, and then the psychology piece just helps them get the behavioral piece, um, understanding the self-understanding, the consciousness, the, the, you know, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately I'm really big on soft skills. And I think you kind of, Are as well on the empathy, the vulnerability, the really caring about your people, the really connection with people, the engagement. And, you know, five to 10 years ago, that was not a big deal. It was poo pooed, right? It was really all the hard skills, the doing, the tasking, and your people were just implements or pawns to move forward to whatever your ultimate profitable goal was. And, you know, I think, you know, whether you want to blame it on COVID, um, you know, just but there, there's been an evolution now with the new younger generations who really want a caring leader, who want somebody who cares, who is involved. Um, you know, you're talking more about companies needing more, uh, a bigger purpose, whether it's being green or their largest charity or making donations. You know, you look at Tommy Shoes and, um, you know, Zappos and, uh, you know, various other platforms. So, kind of a loaded question i can keep going but i uh, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how i got here and and as always Lindsay, and i know you know this too and i in um, the biggest challenge i did not expect i thought Whoa, yoo-hoo, yippee i get to do my own thing I wake up everybody my own thing yeah. is just the isolation obviously it, then having to go through yeah. that during the pandemic too but you don't have anyone you have to be accountable for no one's saying you know i want that proposal kimberly and we need to have this deadline by friday um, and you know, it, it's up to you, yourself and you, me, myself, and I, and that was one thing that blindsided me. I did not anticipate that, 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 that lull that's, you know, when you're trying to get your business going, there's no one to really, who's going to say great job or, you know, have bounce ideas off. I mean, that's yeah. really why it's important to build your own network. I mean, that's, if I was. When I coach entrepreneurs, I'm like, that's the biggest surprise, aha, uh-huh, is you just don't have that accountability and you've got to build your accountable network. You've got to build a support system, uh, you know, just to have conversations and be able to bounce things off of. And, you know, because it, it, it can be very trying, especially in those first couple of years, as you probably have to know. Oh,
0: from. yeah, totally. I, you know, I mean, I come from a corporate background as well where I, I worked um, I worked extensively with teams whether it was with my own team or when I was you know really in that consulting space with an executive working really closely with their team and strategy. And you're absolutely right. I remember after I had finished my coaching certifications, because I spent a year just deeply immersed um, getting those coaching um, uh, that coaching education. And when all of that ended and all of the group work ended, I remember the, the, you're right, the feeling of isolation, like I am all by myself. And, and the truth is, I know I work better collaboratively, right? So I work really hard at building a great network, reaching out, finding new and interesting people uh, to connect and partner with and collaborate with, because I find a lot of energy there. So I totally identify with that. And I bet a lot of, especially the female entrepreneurs that listen to this show, um, I know that that isolation is real for them. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And um it, it's um it, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a very it's a very it was a very difficult time. And then once I f- figured out or you know, I started finding the groups that I that resonated with me and the people that I resonated with me. Because yeah, you're in the corporate world, um, you're on daily, weekly, you know, monthly calls, right? And then when you're getting your certification, you're in that group process too, yeah. that team collaboration, and then all of a sudden right birdie fly you're out of the nest go figure it out and you know you're like where's where's your pack you know yeah where's your tribe where's your flock where's like you know who are yeah. the people that i you know because it's a whole it's a whole different world really in what you're trying to do so it's, it takes some time to build up that network but that is so vital and and i think especially more for females to. Because um, we tend to like to talk through things more from an emotional perspective, not to just be genderizing, but here, but, you know, we do like to be able to have, you know, it, we're, we're more nurturing, we're more nurturing, and therefore we need others to be nurturing us on that process. And um, having a, a, a group of people to do that is important.
0: It, you know what? It's invaluable. And, and I say this uh, frequently, not only to my clients, but in, in the social media and the message I'm trying to get out, which is... If you're trying to do it alone, you are actually um, not being as effective and impactful as you could be, right? Like you can, being part of a great group, great tribe, great pack, whatever you want to call it, you're amplifying your ability to experience and be exposed to new, innovative, creative things that are ultimately going to drive your business forward faster. You are drawing on the collective wisdom. Of all sorts of individuals, but especially if you find that lovely group of women, right? That can really help you um give you ideas and thoughts and exposure to perspectives you couldn't possibly get all by yourself.
1: Exactly, exactly. There's a book that you made me think of. It's called Social. And basically, what it talks about, it looks at your brain, it looks how humans are our brains are wired. And it, you know, people think that. How do they phrase this? They, they have what's called social on and social off. Wow. So when you are working on a task where you're maybe you're writing a blog or you're trying to do your taxes or you're working on responding to an RFP or you're doing some accounting, whatever, you know you're heavily focused or heavily by yourself working on this project, right? And what happens is you begets, you get so socially off that you become stuck. And it talks about that the the very thing you need to get unstuck is to turn your social on, i.e. start including others in the decision-making process, the creative ideas, bouncing ideas off of, uh, just having a conversation. Because your natural mindset setting is not to be independent. Your natural mindset setting is to be social. So for instance, they would would do uh, brain scans of your brain. Um, and they would find that when you're not working on a task and your mind goes blank, your first thing you do in your brain is go back to think about relationships. Yeah. How am I, you know, how do I feel? How is my relationship with my partner, with my kids? It's your natural default versus people think it's kind of the other way around. No, your natural default is to think about your relationships and your connections. And how are you doing in that? Because that's the vital source of thriving in our world, you know, yeah. way back prehistorically, right? But that's really people forget that they think that isolation is a way to get things done. Um, no, I disagree. Teamwork, collaboration, relying on resources, because you know, in, in you know, the many, many, many centuries ago, you know, we were all out collaboratively getting food, whether it's berries or, yeah. you know, in, in order to survive or building homes or building communities. And it's the same. We still need each other to build and to create and to move forward.
0: We are ultimately social animals. Right. I mean, why do we live in family groups? Because essentially, we're just primates with more complex emotions, really. Yeah. Um, and like you know, I just I think that you're right in that if we don't if we don't engage, whether it's with peers. Right. So, individuals that are in the same space we are, you know, sort of business wise, but also, I mean, back to your original point that we've got to be connected with our teams in a meaningful way. Like, these are the people that are interacting with our clients all the time. They have valuable insights, information, ideas that we need to embrace, even if it goes against sort of our own pattern of belief. We need to, as leaders and business owners, to have the confidence to embrace that, even if it seems contradictory, even if it seems conflictual, right? Like, what's the gift in there? What's the opportunity in there that we can really leverage, right? Right. right. And,
1: you know, I think, you know, the pandemic, from a leadership perspective, you know, put a spotlight on, on two things. One is... If you were a leader who was having your weekly project meetings, product meetings, sales meetings with your teams, doing the checklist, you know, where are we on the project or meeting the deadline, you know, who did you see this week, are you going to close that deal, whatever, you know, you're an okay leader, right, you're doing all right, you're managing to whatever the number was, right, Mm -hmm. and um but however, when COVID hit, right, all of a sudden everybody's working from home. You've got a whole nother level of stress on everybody's part because we don't know where, what's gonna happen, how long we're in this scenario. Now people are working from home, homeschooling kids, dogs, ducks, whatever is running around, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, so if you, if you as a leader did not have a relationship in a connection with your individual employee, you were now a poor leader because now you've got your team fully disengaged, right? And yeah. just having those weekly calls on performance isn't going to fly, right? So um, so you, there became this huge discrepancy between great leaders, between good leaders and decently, lead, you know, like yeah. average leaders and good leaders. It became now poor leaders and great leaders because yeah. that human element of connection and caring yeah. and truly building a relationship with your team and knowing your individuals on that team, each as a unique individual is so critical and will continue to be so as we move forward. The second piece of that whole pandemic is everybody knows, everybody knows, even if it was for an hour or 30 minutes or a day or a week, everybody knows what the feeling of isolation, misery, yeah. discomfort, yeah. alienation alone is. Um, You know, before COVID, 50%, this is a statistic really around the US, so I don't have a statistic for Canada, but I know it was similar in the UK, so I would guess it's pretty a national number. Um, 50% of Americans felt isolated or alone or disconnected. Yeah. That was before the pandemic. With a pandemic, it went up to about 76%. Yeah. Because of that whole, and then obviously, I'm. you know, we still are yet to see the the statistics, but the incidence of suicide, yeah. uh, unfortunately child abuse and domestic violence went up for other right. reasons, but, um, but just, you know, suicide, alcohol addiction, you know, overdoses, all are, oh, all yeah. escalated because we are humans and we need connection. We need to be able to be with other people. And it's, it's a, it's an, it's our natural way we need to be. And, you know, I'm a, I speak a lot about this whole disconnect and it's kind of funny in the essence that we were, you know, we're shopping online, we're doing self-service in the grocery stores, we're doing self-service yeah. at the gas station, we're eliminating all human touch points and we're getting everything delivered oh, at our yeah. house, right? <laughs> yeah. We're working out at home, you know, we even got someone, somehow the dog eventually can be walked by himself by a robot, you know, you've got the robotic yeah. box vacuum or whatever. So, and, you know, we're all looking for that convenience of not needing to interact with anybody else and to be self-sufficient. So when covid hit all of a sudden we, we it wasn't a choice anymore we had to be self sufficient and isolated and that's what people didn't like but we were all heading in that direction anyway yeah we just didn't have a choice about it anymore but it, that's it's the conscious decision now to to keep your human touch points i mean a lot of us were going to the grocery store cuz that was the only place we got to go just to have a human touch point that was the highlight of my day For going real? to the grocery store Costco yeah. was our date
0: yeah. Exactly. Like my husband and I, that was our thing. We went to Costco biweekly. weekly mm-hmm. um, But I really appreciate your point that um, I call it accidental leadership, right? When you would be a leader and you would bump into people, right? Oh, I would bump into someone in the coffee room or I would stop by somebody's office or, Hey, can we chat after the meeting? That's accidental leadership. And you're right. That totally was sufficient. Um, Pre-COVID, because we were physically together a, a, a lot of the time. The truth is, I think COVID actually really separated the wheat from the chaff. Right? Like, yes, yes. If you sure. were not able to be an intentional leader and truly, actually do the work that real leadership is, correct? You, you failed horribly. Like that is the truth, and 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 not because you're a terrible person but because no one ever actually helped you understand what real leadership looked like. That intentional leadership, that was always the best way to lead. It's just, we got by. So I really appreciate what you're saying and you're right. I I mean, we have um, a need for connection and it's more important now in our workplace than ever because we are so aware of our isolation. Um, and the organizations and the leaders that can figure that out, those are the ones, I mean, we have, we've known it was coming for a while. This is what I always find interesting organizations like, Oh my God, there's a total labor shortage. We have a talent crunch. No, no. We've like, we've been talking about this. You just haven't been paying attention. Right. Like I, you know, I have an extensive career in HR. We have been trying to tell you this for 15 years. You just weren't listening. You didn't think we were saying anything that was of value. No, no. The talent crunch has always been here. You're just feeling the pinch now. And those organizations that cannot figure out how to lead people, especially these younger generations in our workplace, they're going to suffer for Everything it. Ever. They're yeah. going to yeah. suffer yeah. for it. And their businesses are going to suffer for it. And their profits are going to suffer for it. And because guess
1: what, from a leadership perspective, you know, 70 right now, I think 50% of the workforce are, you know, and I hate to throw this term, but the millennials just to be done with that eighth group is and the younger, and in five years, it's going to be 75%. And guess what? They will be the leaders too. So we need effective leadership programs and coaching that meet them where they're at. Right. And I think, you know, if, if I think the challenge with leadership is we, we usually take, we
0: take a doer. Yeah. And then we make a a task oriented
1: person, uh, you know, horizontal skills, if you will. And we promote them because of their great doing into a leadership position. And when I coach them, I'm like, this is a total shift for you. This is not doing in task orientation. Your biggest role as a leader is to be a relationship builder and to know your people and And to collaborate and to motivate and to care. I mean, that is your number one. um, You have to, you have to work through your people. Yeah. But what inevitably
0: happens is and I see this in the small business owners that I work so closely with is that when the going gets tough, what do they go back to? The thing that they do really well, which is the doing, Doing. right? So I work with small business CEOs that are so hands-on in their business. And in fact, to put it bluntly, just getting in the way, like they are the cause of a lot of issues because when profits are down and things are tight, I go back to what I do best, which is the doing, right? Instead of Leaning into the discomfort of, I need to be a strategic leader. I need to set the vision. I need to inspire people. I need to nurture the culture here so that we can all be doing our best, right? Not just me because I'm feeling uncomfortable and, and right. lonely and right. So I really love that. And I think we don't prepare people in our corporate, we don't big corporate oh organizations. Like you're absolutely right. I've seen it over and over again. People that get promoted for all the wrong reasons. Nobody even asks them if they like to lead people, right? Like they don't even, they don't even say, hey, by the way, do you like working with other humans all day, every day? Well, yeah, like, like, like managing problems,
1: you know, motivating people, working through people. It's no longer you doing the job, you know, if you're helping other people, sure. right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> we just it's just ridiculous. Okay, so you and I are coming at the same problem. From, I'm working with businesses that have you know you know twenty or thirty or fifty people. You're working with organizations that have five hundred or a thousand or five thousand people. But we're it's the same problem. Same issue. Same problem. Magnified same in yes, those exactly. organizations. So yes. okay. So I want to ask you. I mean, as you've built your business and written your book and work with these big organizations. Where where have you had you know uh, learnings or mis- made mistakes or had messiness along the way in your own journey in building your business? What 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 does that look like? I, I think you know, um, you know, say for instance, you just, you know, initially
1: starting, you don't, you don't, you you don't know what's going to resonate to get clients, you know what I mean? Do you do yeah. you know, you know, free speaking? Do you try to get on a board? Uh, do you public, do you advertise on social media? Uh, I'm personally not a big social media person. I'm kind of like coaching is a very personal relationship. Sure. Yeah, And so, I mean, I will do it on LinkedIn just because it's a professional, um, uh. format, but at the end of the day it's not like you're, you're buying a coffee cup, right? You're, no. you're, you want to know the person, you want to like the person. Is there a, a certain essence of chemistry? Is yeah. there a trust? Could you, could, you know, are you going to get irritated by my voice? I mean, simple <laughs> things like that, right? You know, yeah. Um, you know, air, you know, what's the time zone, right? So it's, a, I think it's a very personal decision sure. in choosing a coach and a partner or someone to work in team collaborate, but I do think it's important from a branding perspective. But my point being is, even getting to my business, there wasn't a direct route, you know, Um, you know, even when you go to college, there's never direct, like, I mean, I tried 18 different majors before I ended up, (laughs) you know, I was from, from fashion design to pre-med to computer science. And I ended up at at the end of the marketing just to get out. But my point (laughs) being is, you know, there's, there's never a straight path to your destination. And we sometimes feel that if we're not on that straight path, that we're making mistakes. And it's not you. When I coach my clients, and kind of like the circuitous path of being, being, being left, far yeah. left, and you're far right, and then you're no, no, you're you're ping pong, and you're feeling like you're ping ponging off the sides of the you know ball yeah. machine. But but the reality is, you're still on your path. It's yeah. just that it's never going to be a direct path. But now you know what. It's it's kind of like you know what you want, and you know what you don't like. You know what you yeah. know what works, and you know what doesn't work. You don't. You know. I was coaching one girl, and um. And she's actually a coach. And um, she's like, oh my gosh, I know I should be public speaking. I, I, I you know, All the coaches do public speaking. I go, I go, I won't use her real name. I go, Kay, I go, just because everybody else doesn't, doesn't make it the right thing for you. And and she goes, I go, it's way out of your comfort space. I mean, I'm all about helping my clients get through their fear. Right. And I do feel that when you get through your fear, it's fear is really a, uh, it's a whole nother topic. Fear is really... <laughs> what your true person is supposed to be. And, and that fear yeah. is going to get you to that next level of personal purpose and success. Yeah. But in her case, it was really a sign of nausea, discomfort yeah. to pass okay. out, you know, just, I mean, true, not going to work through it. Right. And, yeah. but my point being is, so she did a couple events and after that, she was like, you know what? It was so stressful. I realized what I'm doing over here is much more enjoyable. I'm still getting clients. I'm going to stick it out. But my point being is we sometimes have to try things just because we need to try things to figure out that's something we don't want to do when vetted out. Right. And so it's, it's trial and error is important. Making mistakes is okay because it, all it does is further align your niche, your plan, your strategy and your path forward. And there's nothing wrong. It's never wasted time. It's never, ever wasted time.
0: I really um, love that. I really, I, you know. Yeah, cause I, I mean, I think you're right. Like we, and, and I've had this experience too where you start your own practice And you really, um, you know, especially as a coach, I mean, we're all about let's what's the vision, right? Where are we going? Let's dream big. Like, I mean, so I, you know, intuitively, I get that. But recognizing um, that, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a winding path. Right. Um, and I often talk about looking for the breadcrumbs, right? Because yeah. you're not going to get necessarily like blinding flashes of the obvious all the time. Sometimes it's about stopping and just recognizing, oh, there's a little breadcrumb. Guess I'm on the right path. Like, you know, you can have all the business plans and the strategies and the goal setting and all that crap. And then COVID comes and it just you know blows it all exactly. apart. I mean, if nothing else, we've learned that lesson in the last 20 months. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's you're a one man band, you know, a solopreneur, or you're a Fortune 100 company. You can set all the best strategy in the world, and you got to know that at a moment's notice, that thing can be that piece of paper can be worthless. And you, you just you have to be in that mindset to be able to see the gift, find the opportunity, explore, get curious, move forward. Right? Yes. Yeah, so you just made me Love think it. of something. Um, yeah, because. So, so you might have, you might've built your
1: strategy. You might've built your plan. You might've defined your niche. And then all of a sudden something happens like COVID and Brene Brown said it really, really cool in the essence. She said, you might be on your way, but then what, what gets in your way becomes your way. Yeah, totally. Because you can't get to your way until you deal with what just jumped in front of you and what just jumped in front of you becomes your way. So she initially wasn't going to talk about vulnerability. Yeah. 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 And, or shame, but they got in the way. And so now that's how your <laughs> wife or message is so yeah. about shame and vulnerability. But I love that it's like, what, what is in your way becomes your way. Yes. Right. And so we, we have to accept that as instead of getting mad or irritated or pushing against, this is when you surrender, you embrace and you work through it and it it is your, it'll become your path. It'll become your way. And it'll be part of your success. Right. i yeah. um, still keeping in mind, you know, where you want to go, but, um, yeah. Um, but, but it's
0: being able to be in a space of curiosity and exploration around what is this, right? Oh, this is interesting. Not you're in my, doesn't fit in my goal path plan, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I, I actually think that that is, um, actually a really beautiful learning, uh, that to just, um, I always talk about the magic that's in the mess. Yes. Right. And I, I love that. Cause I think as entrepreneurs, um, and a lot of the women that listen to this show are, you do have to find the magic in the mess, right? Yes, because it—it yes. it is. Um, when you, when you have these beautiful, rapidly growing, evolving small businesses, it's, it's, it is a mess. It's. <laughs> it can be really, really ugly at moments in time.
1: Right. And that's where I coach, you know, keep your knees bent. You can't be so rigid uh-huh. in everything you've defined, even your first, even the next day. So I actually, when I get really stuck, I do this meditation and it's basically, It's very simple. It's like 10 minutes. You can find it on YouTube, but it's a it's called the best morning meditation. And it starts out by just at the end, she's got a mantra and it's about, you know, thank you for this day of adventure and opportunity. The second line is my favorite. I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be because oh, of course you're an entrepreneur and you're a type A personality. You're supposed (laughs) to do it quicker, better, faster, stronger with less money and you know, with that great cape you've got on and fly through the night and balance your four kids and cook a great dinner, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, but I think we sometimes don't let ourselves off the hook. And that has really been grounding to know you are exactly where you need to be. Everything's unfolding as it should be. And, you know, you know, thank you for, for source, God, universe, you know, yeah. whatever you're buddha whatever for you know being with me on this journey and letting you know letting it unfold the way it's supposed to be right and just allowing it to unfold and knowing it's unfolding exactly the way it's supposed to be and yeah. and let yourself off the hook because i think we spend so much time believing we're not in the right spot that we should be doing something more or different or better or whatever it is but just really accepting you're exactly where you need to be and breathe and just you know that's where that whole that gift of the crumb comes in yeah. because yeah. you really, this is where women are great at this, but we need to be better at listening to it. We have phenomenal intuition. Oh, so when sure. all of a sudden you get this ping, like, oh, I should call, I should call yeah. Lindsay or yeah. you know what? I I, I want to wait. I got to go back and listen to Lindsay's last podcast. Yeah, oh, you do. And then you get a, you get a, a great idea. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's like following yeah. those little, all of a sudden you get an instinct to do it. That intuition is what you need to do. Follow that intuition. That's life-changing. It's it,
0: moment-changing. It so is. And um, I I love that because I think in our corporate jobs, and a lot of us, we work in a corporate world first, um, yes. and then we move into entrepreneurship. And the truth is that corporate world kind of bleeds that out of us, that we have an intuition to listen to, because um, that's not... Um, a, an accepted way of problem solving in a corporate <laughs> environment, right? Like if you said, right. well, I don't think we should do that. Why not? Well, because my intuition, your boss would be like, forget it. Get out of my office. I don't exactly. want to hear. Yeah. yeah. But I do believe that our intuition has something super valuable to offer. I know on a personal level, every time that I've made a huge mistake in my life up to and including marrying my first husband, it was because I ignored my intuition Bang now I, I wouldn't have my amazing daughter and my super cute little grandson if I hadn't done that. So I guess the universe knew what it was doing, but like realistically it's when you listen to that intuition that things do start to like, just present themselves in a way that's like interesting and, and creative and new and fun. And there's energy there. Right. Yep. So I, I, I think you're right. I think we have to tune into that. It doesn't mean that we have to give up all reason oh, my intuition, I know, right. yeah, I mean, go join a know. cult. But like, right, right, like we right. just tune in. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you want to have a little bit of a checkmate on everything, yeah, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, let's yeah, be
0: clear. Yeah. We're not talking right. about selling all your worldly <laughs> possessions and moving to an island in the Pacific. Exactly, doing, right,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> total disclaimer on the show. Um, but I do love that because I think we, we do ignore that. And I, I think that there's a real place for that in our leadership right? In, in that we can be an intuitive, thoughtful leader, um, where we can, we can not just lead with the vulnerability, but lead from the heart and from the gut a little bit, right? Do that. Yeah, like if all
1: of a sudden you think about, you know, gosh, I wonder how Lindsay doing. I haven't talked for a couple hours or a couple days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call her and, and pick up the phone and call her. Right. You know, or, you know, gosh, I really probably, I don't, I, I don't know. I just feel like I need to call that person or meet yeah. him for a cup of coffee, you know, whatever it is, but I just, your instincts on, especially your instincts on connecting with others as a leader, I think is really, really important to really follow that gut. And I think, you know, kind of the other thing we talked a little bit about earlier on the whole collaboration piece, and then just the whole thing, you know, as leaders, especially, I think there are type a miss that we are when things aren't working well, we go back to doing right. We talked about that, right. And we um, we just try to, we try to work harder on the doing to make things happen. And that's Mm -hmm. when we actually have to take our foot off the doing and take a step back. Um, take a walk in the park, reach out to a friend, um, y- get more into yeah. the relationship side of it, um, reach out to an employee, you know, reach whatever out to a it is, your yeah. mentor, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's
0: what they're there for Correct. is, is to give you, you can't read the label from inside the bottle. So you need someone when you're in those moments where you can get out of your own way, right? And, and have someone to bring you perspective to give you, to lift you up out of that stuck space. Like that's really yeah. what it is. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So I, I I, mean, this is maybe a bit of a redundant question at this point, because we've talked about this out throughout. <laughs> I think. But you know, what does leadership really mean to you? Like, how do you define that as someone who works with leaders all the time in your coaching practice?
1: You know, leadership today is is, the most I think a very difficult position um and and more difficult than it was years ago. One, because of the hybrid work environment, two, there's so much volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. And you're having to make decisions when you don't have all the answers, right? And or that's any difficult. Or <laughs> any of them, right? And, like you and if you don't make a decision, that becomes your decision, which isn't yeah. always good either, right? So so that's gotta be scary, right? So uh, so but being able, so I think for from so with that being said, You really need to know yourself. So my whole thing is about conscious and connected leadership. Conscious meaning that you're conscious about, one, how you're feeling, how your stress level is, you know, um, how are you feeling in your relationships with your people with your team or your superiors or within, you know, the community of your organization. So you have to be conscious about that. And are you conscious about your conversations and the words you use and how people are reacting to you? You know, you get off a phone call or did a performance review and you're like, you know what? I didn't really like the way that ended because I felt Uh like, you know, they were demotivated. Um, I don't feel like I gave them enough affirmations about what was going right. And maybe I need to, Set up another call or you know, have another conversation, be a little more transparent and, and more vulnerable. So having that consciousness about ability, I almost like to think about it as if all of a sudden you're in an auditorium and what experience you just had that you're questioning, you're able to see that on a stage. So you're seeing you and your employee and having the performance review, but you're looking from an objective person watching the movie, and you can kind of say, ah. Oh, Hmm. I see their body language, not so good. I really wasn't paying attention to that when I was watching, when I was doing, cause I was so on my mantra, right? Yeah. But I think that ability to be one in tune with yourself mm-hmm. and in tune with your people and be able to self-regulate or realize you need to go talk to somebody else. I think that's number one, the conscious piece and the connected pieces we've been, we've already been talking about. It's that whole relationship piece. As a leader, you have to be a good, you have to have high EQ these days. Yeah.
0: You can't just be a well- high IQ. You always did. Like, let's be honest, you always needed to have high EQ. It's just become so much more prominent that you really, really, really have to have it.
1: You have to. You can't leave without it. Yeah. If you don't and you have to have ability to be vulnerable and empathetic. I know it's being overused, but it it comes down to if you can't see on a Zoom call that somebody's fading in the corner, they're not as participatory as they normally are, not as vocal, they're not engaged, you know seem extremely stressed and you don't have the ability to reach out and ask them how they're doing and have a conversation i mean it's not just how you're doing but how can i help and you don't see the same something's going on you're in trouble
0: yeah yeah and so so are
1: they yeah exactly exactly and because they may not be around so uh so um so i really try to focus on that consciousness of you know the more the self-consciousness self-awareness and then the, the connected leadership which is really around you know the empathy and vulnerability building strong engagement and, and connections. And so that's kind of what I really work around.
0: Well, you're, you're speaking right to my heart. Cause I think that I those know. are the most important things too. And the truth is we could probably go on for at least another 60 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we could we literally could talk about this all day, every day. I know we could, um, but I, uh, I do want to thank you for your time and for being uh, such an incredible guest here on the Female Founder Friday podcast. It has been absolutely f- phenomenal to speak with you. Thank you so much.
1: Sister Joy Lindsay. It's such a great opportunity to partner with somebody who also has the same passion around improving leadership and, and that kindness, that heart center, that connection, that human element um, that's becoming so important just for people to be able to thrive. Yeah, um, I want people to thrive, not to survive, and and I think that whole workplace, as you are saying too, is it has to be more of a joyful place. I mean, we spend yeah. so much time there, and leadership's the key element of that. So good for you for what you're doing too. Thanks for the time.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure trying, and I appreciate um, being able to amplify the message with you here today. Thanks again for being here. Thanks everyone for tuning in today to the female founder Friday podcast. I love Kimberly's belief that our workplaces need to be joyful spaces and that leadership is a big part of making that happen. And you can find out more about Kimberly on LinkedIn, where you can search Kimberly lane and find her. And of course you can find out more about me on Instagram and my handle there is at high volt leadership. The Female Founder Friday podcast has a goal to impact a thousand listeners, and it would mean the world to me if you left this episode a five-star review and shared it with all of your friends. Let's engage a thousand female entrepreneurs and really amplify the message. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me at highvoltageleadership.ca.